Welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bomb Podcast, episode number 160. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? 160, we're getting closer and closer to that 200th gala episode. It's going to have to be a big party. We're going to have to have some sort of extravaganza for the uh, for the 200th episode. So when would that happen? We're talking about another 40 weeks. So we're back into... Probably about... End of the season next year. Probably end of the season next season, yeah. Wow. I think right now we have to start formulating where we want to be at 200. And now we have 40 episodes to get ourselves there. We got we got a plan. We got to start the planning. I'm writing this on the on the on the pad. Now. Like we should be doing it at some sort of exotic location, at like you know at Preyski, at I don't know Aspen, where the where the beer flows like wine. <laughs> we could do it from Telluride. We could do it from uh, Chamonix. Something just awesome and ridiculous. I think we have to find a way to to make that happen. That's a big trip. Unless we double up on episodes. Just to well, get it earlier in the season. <laughs> well, it depends how the summer goes. The summer is always a bit hit or yeah. miss. You know, we we try to keep them going at least every other week, but sometimes we do it every week. You know, it's it all depends yeah. on how we what kind of topic we have. Every week. Yeah, yeah, it's it's almost like three out of four weekends or three out of four weeks you'll get for a month. But yeah, it'll it'll probably be late season next year where Must we'll be two hundred. Unless we switch to a week and a half schedule, and then that puts us into two seasons, beginning of second season. That's too much math right there. Too much math. Too much math. Or, oh, we could do it so that we have maybe, like you said, give a little delay in the summer, and then do it from a uh, South American location next summer. That's a good plan, actually. That could be kind of awesome. Yeah. South America? Or yeah, like Portillo or Barloche. Yeah, could be kind of sweet. Or we could do New Zealand. We could do New Zealand. Boom! Dare I say New Zealand? New Zealand. Uh-huh. That's some options. So something we should start thinking about now, and then kind of work towards it. Antarctica. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> There's that one trip from Evo, right? They do the. Uh... They do it. Yeah, that's right. Crazy awesome well thank you everyone so much for listening we do appreciate it check out all of our information at skibumpodcast.com we have a shop there skibumpodcast.com slash shop we have some lovely t-shirts and it is mother's day in a little over a week and we have discounted our women's t-shirts so if you have a mom who loves to ski, you should get her a skier t-shirt. If you have great gift, if you have a special lady in your life, you're trying to make a mother. I think that would be a great gift for her. You got a special lady who you want to try to practice, pretend you're trying to make her into a mother. Again, wonderful gift for her. If you got a body that's been a little bit, you know, gaining a little bit of weight, giving them a mother days t-shirt. Be like, look, man, looks like you're, you're going to give birth soon. That's a motivator. That's probably the worst thing you could possibly do. It's a motivator. Well, that's you'd be have to buy the male t-shirts, which are not on sale right now because it's not man's day. It's going to be Father's Day in June. We'll probably have a, a sale on the shirts in June for the fellas. But right now, it's just a jam for the ladies. So check it out. Get your discounts. 
Also, we are available on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We are at Ski Bum Podcast. We're on Pinterest. Have you been pinning it all lately? Oof, I've been bad with my pinning. Bad, bad on the pinning. Bad on the pinning. Very bad. We got I'm pinning a very to bad do. man. Yeah. Pinning. YouTube, we're out there. Spotify. It's all there. Um, I saw we got just got added to iHeartRadio recently. We did? We did. Oh, they finally they finally responded. They didn't finally. send us an email. I sent them like two different requests to add us. So yeah. Now we heart you, iHeartRadio, for putting us on there. iHeartRadio. Yeah, I was anti. If I didn't hear anything, I was gonna be all as I get. I do not heart radio. Yes, but now we're no, on there. That's good. Yeehaw. Spotify, YouTube. We're out there, but all the information is available at skibumpodcast.com. You can also send us an email at skibumpodcast at gmail.com. I wonder if we'll get invited to Jingle Ball. That's our radio, right? Jingle Ball. Big, big concert. Could be there. Snoop Dogg. Is is that like, oh, is that like like Z100 and stuff? Yeah. I think that's our radio now. Yeah, probably. It's all that terrible music. So I want to do a shout out. We should do a shout out to uh, the guy that's climbing K2, Corey Richards. Shout out to her. It's actually climbing Everest. I mean, uh, climbing Everest. I tell you, uh, I, he posted a video today and I was watching it or yesterday he posted it. I was like, damn, it was like windy as hell. And they were saying how they were just doing some like, I guess they're, they're doing some uh, just practice climbs while they're at base camp just to get acclimated. Yeah. Isn't that nuts? So, yeah, good luck. Hopefully, we'll see Brian's sister on there on one of those. Yeah, she was in the the one movie of his. She's in that one. You can see her. You see the back of her and see, hear her saying hi to uh, to his climbing partner. Well, it's crazy they both climb without oxygen. That's badass. I know, right? That's how they met. I don't know, man. They're like at twenty how, how, topo. Was it twenty thousand as base camp? Uh, it sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. So yeah, Corey, stay safe out there. Have fun. Hopefully we'll see you in June when you, uh, are home and come to lovely New Jersey to visit. I really want to get him on the podcast. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. I'll just have to like throw like throw a bag over his head and make him force him to do it. There you go. That's how we usually get most of our guests. Pretty much. Yeah. That's how it's been so far. And you know what? Everyone has had a wonderful time. Everyone who's been on the podcast has had fun doing it. Let's so ha- happily abducted, right? Happily abducted. That'd be a good name for a podcast. Happily abducted. That's happily a segment. Abducted. I like that. That could be our interview segment. Happily abducted. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> All right. Oh, we gotta have, we gotta maybe have Frank on one of these days. There's lots. There's a lot coming up. We gotta abduct a lot of people. Yeah. We gotta do it in the. Uh, the uh, what you call old school van, Ooh. the Metallica plane. Yes, <laughs> love that scene. Sends a message. Sends a message. All right, let's start it off like we always do. It's time for our pray today. Mario, what do you got? So I'm going to do a throwback from something I had this weekend. I still have not been able to find it in stores because it's. I guess they're just rolling it out, but it should be. I've also been pretty lazy at looking. I generally like just grab stuff when I see it. So New Belgium just came out with a passion fruit Kolsch and uh, it was absolutely delicious. I've been thinking about this beer 
uh, 4.3% ABV. So it's made, you know, I'm out at the beach, so it's basically made for pounding at the beach and not getting hammered, which is good because you're in the sun, you need to hydrate and stuff. Um, but so what exactly tastes, is a Kolsch beer wise? I think, isn't like a Budweiser a Kolsch beer? Is it really? I think so. I think I think it was originally a beer developed in Cologne or Cologne, as it's properly pronounced, Germany. Either that or Düsseldorf. Düsseldorf. There it is. Yeah, Kolsch is a style of beer first brewed in Cologne, Germany. Look at that. See, I got some knowledge for you people. Got some knowledge. All right, so Budweiser's a lager. Never mind. So what is it? What is a Kolsch? I don't know. It's pretty delicious. What I had. It is unusual because although it is warm fermented with ale yeast, it is then conditioned at cold temperatures like a lager. This hybridized brewing process is similar to some other central northern European beers, such as Dusseldorf's Altbier. Altbier. Very cool. So, this one they made, it's a passion fruit Kolsch, right? So, it has a flavor. I was describing to Brian. It definitely tastes like a beer, but it almost tastes like you want a cider to taste with a little bit of fruit, but without the sweetness. So it definitely is beer without the sweetness and has that like passion fruit flavor. Um, it was delicious because it wasn't like it wasn't syrupy and sweet. So I could definitely see this being like a refreshing go-to. See, now, I believe New Belgium is produced in, is it Fort Collins, Colorado? Yeah, but Fort Collins, and then they opened uh, a few years ago, uh, North Carolina. And I don't believe, last time I checked the old map, that Uh North Carolina is within 30 miles of Dusseldorf, or Cone, Germany. Yeah, it's not. Because since 1997, the term Kolsch has had a protected geographical indication within the European Union, indicating a beer that is made within 30 miles of the city of Cologne and brewed according to the Kolsch Convention as defined by the members of the Cologne Brewing Association. Ooh, you think they brew it there and bring it over? Well, Uh I think Uh perhaps this only applies to the European Union. And since in America, we are the undisputed two world war champion we can do Ooh. what the fuck we want that's right with our beers that's right way to go like, new belgium oh oh you have your little rules that you're gonna stop us you have to be within 30 miles how about go fuck yourself we're making cultures in colorado right we annexed that right how about that we did take that um, clone did we save you guys from that hitler dude yeah yeah we're gonna make your fucking beer too that's right and we're gonna put passion fruit in it what do you think about that mm, in your face in the face in the face. Let's yeah. see. They have a citradelic I like. It's pretty good, too. What, um... New Belgium's oh, Rangers. Yeah, they got some good beers. Uh, so, what do you think is on their website? It's on there. I looked. Is it? It's, like, in, like, a seasonal section, or... Oh, uh, there. Oh, it's on an Up Next section, so up I guess. Next. Yeah. I wonder if they're still rolling this Listen, out, they, they're, they're, It's Colorado. It's limited. Come on, It's man. limited to the amount that they can sell. They're, uh... It's, like... Did you guys update the website yet? No, man. We're going to get to it soon, man. Colorado, they're getting high. They're in and they're smoking weed and they're not worrying about the website, which I appreciate. So they're saying aroma, strong passion fruit, moderate pineapple and tropical, slight moderate black currant and lemon. 
flavor, moderate sweetness, and slight moderate uh, sourness. Initially, sweet drops to slight and persists along sourness throughout the finish. Slight bitterness that doesn't linger. Yeah, it was that, good. That sounds really good. Yeah, it's not like a sour. It's not like um, a shandy. I would say it's a beer that's shandy, kind of it moving towards a shandy, maybe moving towards a sour, but it's definitely a just like a nice light beer. Very good. You definitely got to try it. Good. It sounds good. Yeah, I already looked up locations near me that oh. that have some this was good it was served out of a can i would this would probably taste phenomenal um draft too well if you are having a kolsch and you're following the rules they are Ooh. usually served in tall thin cylindrical 20 centiliter glasses called stange which is spike or rod wow i didn't have any stange when i when i served it served out of a plastic cup <laughs> sort of well solo. you know it's the second best alternative i guess <laughs> served out of a like a 10 ounce solo cup that they filled a little bit for a taste yeah <laughs> all right brian what do you got going some of you may remember i am doing my little april no boozy thing which has sort of had a delayed start so i started it after easter so it's kind of like a like an inverse Lent. I think it's actually a satanic Lent, really. So you kind of start oh, after yeah. Easter doing it. After Easter. So yeah, my satanic Lent has started. <laughs> it's like a week and a half in. Now, mind you, I did have an edible last week. And I may have had one plus this week. Oh, so, so really, my idea of sobriety is kombucha and edibles. Which... <laughs> So you're substituting the effect of the alcohol with the effect of edibles. You're trying to watch the calories. You know, I got the baby suit seasons coming around. You know, you want to have that shred factor going on. You don't want to get a Mother's Day shirt from your buddy. Bingo. <laughs> so again, I'm doing another kombucha. And again, I'm trying all these funky ones that, that GT's is putting out. And this is their Synergy Organic Kombucha. But it is the New World Noir. Wow. Is that a whole new line that they made? Yeah. There's like three new ones they came out with that have a little more alcohol in them. It's actually just 3% by volume. Dude, pretty soon it's going to be like a 7% fucking kombucha. <laughs> You're like... That would be... Oh, like, yeah. If they had like a... Yeah, like barrel aged, like <laughs> dogfish head, 120 minute kombucha. <laughs> with probiotics to make you shit yourself or something. Right? That could be the perfect beverage, right? <laughs> it keeps you neutral. It keeps everything in balance. Yeah, I'm getting hammered, but the but the my gut health has never been better. That's right. Your gut floor is like thriving. <laughs> out of control. <laughs> gut floor has come out all my holes. <laughs> this is a pretty funky beverage. And I will say that of the three new um like classic golds that GTs has. I do like this one the least, which is surprising because I really like their ingredients in here. They have, so it's the regular kombucha, the black tea, the green tea, the sugar, but it's got an oak blend, blueberry juice, aronia juice, and vanilla extract. What's aronia? I don't know. But they have some juice in there. Yes, aronia juice. Aronia juice with an A? A-R-O-N-I-A. That's some yeah. newfangled uh, stuff there. Yeah. Look it up now. Let's see what we got for Aronia. Again, it's it's tasty. Um, 
trying to trying to see. So it's either sour Viking sour berries with health blends, or it's low skate mound choke flour. Yeah, so it's oh. kind of yeah, it's it's like kombucha with like a sour juice in it, really. Oh, they're saying it's also called chokeberry. Chokeberry. Genus of shrubs, chokeberries, and family of I don't know. There's a lot of technical words, but yeah, they look like berries, some kind of berry. So yeah, and it's got a purplish color to it. So I guess the, the blueberry juice and the, uh, aronia must give it that color to it. Yeah. The aronia is like a purple too. So, mm-hmm. so it's good. You know, if you're, if you're coming from a regular kombucha, it's definitely a lot easier to drink. It's not nearly as, as pungent. Oh. But it's, I don't know. It's I looking at those ingredients. I was like, this is going to be unbelievable with the blueberry and the Oak and the vanilla. I don't know. Almost like you took some really sweet red wine and put it in your kombucha. Oh, really? Huh. Strange. I, 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 I'd say that. Yeah. Wow. Like a, one of those like menage a trois, or like those like sweet, kind of like, like $6 wines. Mmm. Two buck chuck in there? Um, I am a connoisseur. I love the Cabernet <laughs> three buck chuck. It's wonderful. I've got That's a few right. bottles three bucks, around. Man. Hey, you know, inflation. What are you going to do? Right. So I'm enjoying this. Not Very as much cool. as the other ones. I, I'm telling you, if you get that peanut paradise, that's probably the best of the three. Mm, get your hands on that. That one was actually just delicious. So that one with a little rum, think it would be good? Dude, that would be fantastic. You could do a Goombe smash with it if you really wanted uh, to. A Goombe smash. I wonder if you could do another kombucha. To, like, instead of the juice, you use kombuchas. Kombucha smash. Kombucha smash. <laughs> We're doing some kombucha smashes. Yeah, you take that and you put a little bit of rum in there and some uh, orange juice, peach schnapps. Hammered and healthy. Hammered and healthy. That's the way. That's That's a great t-shirt idea. That's a great bottle drink. That's a great philosophy. That's a tattoo. Hammered and healthy. Hammered and healthy. Yeah. Oh, maybe put an edible in there. Boom. Hammered and healthy. You could, uh, you know, and they do like the salt on the rim of the margarita. You have like oh. edible salts around the outside. Oh, that sounds good. I wonder if that would be a waste of edible though. Eh, I doubt it. It's you gotta it's, make sure you eat it all. You can't spill anything. That's true. Well, someone will snort it up. It'll be fine. There you go. Yeah. Uh, all right. So then we got something in the uh, in our apre. We do. Uh, and I want to give a shout out to our pal Brandon who sent this link to us about this story. Yes, I will let you take this story. Yeah, well, this is something that's near and dear to your heart, too. So Craft Beer Cellar, which is a... I didn't realize how big of a chain it was until reading this article. Every town. They're a pretty big chain. and I thought that was just some really dope liquor store in Waterbury, Vermont. But no, it's actually... That's that's what I thought too because um, when I looked it up online, I was like, and I figured, oh, locations. And I looked, and there's all over Florida. All over, I was like, holy crap, gigantic! Yeah, they've been around for nearly a decade now, and nice. this article is—I mean, I wouldn't call it an expose, but they were—they're um, talking about how they have about thirty locations, but that a bunch of them have shut down recently. 
And, you know, the, the owners of it, uh, Suzanne Shallow and Kate Baker started this back in, you know, close to 2012. And their whole thing was, you know, amazing beer, hospitality and education. And, you know, once you, once you get a business like this and you start franchising, you really are depending on the franchisees to follow that same philosophy as yours and to be as dedicated to those as, as you are, which is, is really tricky in something that is this, uh, I don't know, this specific and this unique, you know, if you're a McDonald's franchisee, you know, you just throw the shit burgers on there and dump the fries, the salt on the fries and your formula works. The formula works a lot, a lot easier with that than it would for craft beer. It seems like, and there's some, some franchisees now who are, who lost their business and trying to put together a lawsuit against the founders here. And it's a lot of ugliness on both sides. So what are they claiming? Are they claiming that they paid for the franchise and then they weren't supported by the franchise or something? Like, well, this, this same when is- I, So when I ordered like uh, Sip of Sunshine, for example, I had to order it from that one store and they shipped it to me. I couldn't go to the one here because they don't carry it and they wouldn't like transfer it. So they were like, they were still independently carrying the local beer and then shipping out from that store. Yeah, so, so because they're, all, they're all independently owned. So I don't know yeah. when you order it online, who that goes through, if it's just the closest one to you or if it's whoever has what you need. Well, it wasn't a central website. It was the website for that store. So I ordered it from that store. So I guess each store has its own site. Oh, wow. Maybe branded the same and maybe they help them set it up. But So what they're saying here is that they're aggr- um aggrieved that's a big word aggrieved aggrieved franchisees accuse the owners of providing them with overly rosy financial projections and of belittling them instead of offering guidance when the numbers didn't pan out Mm. so last spring the owners went so far as to sue 20 unnamed franchises in u.s district court for defamation for posting anonymous complaints on the website glassdoor well, if they were anonymous, how do they know they posted them? <laughs> Unnamed? Oh, yeah, that's true. Right? <laughs> that's kind of weird. Um, yeah, and the one thing that is a little bit... Uh, uh, again, I don't know. I have don't know nearly enough about this case, but... One of the things, so there was a, uh, a GoFundMe set up by a bunch of those franchisees who were looking to get, you know, get legal defense for this case. But the owners had, they continued criticizing the franchisees on their blog, casting them mostly as white men fueled by their own internal rage and hatred of women and sexual orientation that are different from their own. Because wow. these two creators, they are they're gay, they're lesbian women. And I guess they are trying to say that these guys are just homophobic and, you know, angry at them and misogynists and misogynists and homophobes. Wow. And you know what, when you start making those claims, it, it can sort of look bad for you because you're almost playing that card. Yeah. 
Because you it's sort of, at, yeah. at that point, you sort of have to be the business person. Like, none of this matters. This is all cares about. The only thing that really matters is you guys are, were promised this. You're not delivering. This is your fault. You know, once you start wow. getting into that kind of stuff, it starts getting a little, it can get childish. It seems reachy. Like they're trying to play that card to strengthen their suit. Now, if that's yeah. legitimate, then have a suit for that. Now, if they want to have the suit for, you know, the numbers not adding up, well, that's that's a straight suit where, okay, here's what you promised. Here's what the numbers came out. Okay. And then there's damages, which are the in-between that you didn't make and whatever, losing your business. That's, that's a different story than, you know, the, the other stuff that's coming out, which, uh, I mean, if there is truth to it, then that's a whole separate issue. But uh, that's crazy. It's like... And yeah, I mean, I can, you know, getting bigger. if you start talking to your buddies who are big beer lovers, you know, you could definitely see them like screwing things up and like drinking the profit away and then trying to blame them. Oh, those, those freaking broads, you know, they don't know what the hell they're doing. It's not my fault. You know, you could, you could definitely see people doing that and, and, yeah. you know, me making, you know, kind of shitty comments to them about, you know, using derogatory words, but uh, yeah. At the end of the day, it's business. It's business that matters, you know, and you kind of have to put on your, your, uh, grown up pants and just kind of talk about the real reasons why this isn't working. It depends. I mean, we looked at closer because depending on how many locations they have, right? So if they have, uh, how many locations did they say they have? Have 30, I think. 30. So out of the 30, if they're only having a problem with a few of them, then they got to look at, is there something in those areas that's just not working or is it, you know, cause now it's where you may open a crappy seller in a wrong place. Well, true I, too. You, know, you could, I mean, again, they're a small company, so I don't know how much, you know, market research they do. And if there's a certain, you know, a space, like a certain, um, what the hell's this? I can't think of the right word. Not, is it diameter? perimeter whatever like well, the distance is between different stores yeah they definitely have like the big franchises definitely do a lot like you might say oh i want to open a starbucks or mcdonald's like on this corner i think it'd be great they'll look at it and say no it's too close to another franchisee we can't encroach on that on that space i know they do that and it's a big deal like they'll say they pretty much run all the demographic numbers for profit and not infringing on other people's franchise where they'll well They'll actually come out and say, here are the areas that you can open a new franchise in, you know, and I don't know who knows how much research was done on. Yeah. And the new franchises, you know, if they're a smaller company, they probably, you know, they, they could be going for that cash grab too. You know, they're just, just giving out franchises and not paying as close attention to that because I'm sure the, the franchise fee is probably pretty significant. Yeah. That's. Huh. Not crazy. I guess we'll have to watch this and see what happens. This could be very interesting to see what happens. You know, like again, who knows whose side of this is really the correct one? But it's yeah. uh, it's looking a little bit ugly here. But they're also talking about, you know, they also go into like just the demographics of craft beer. Now, like grocery stores are carrying craft brews and tap rooms are doing bottle sales sometimes. So things are changing in the industry in general. So, you know, kind of like retail in general is having problems. You wonder if it's affecting, you know, just craft beer markets too, you know, cause you, you get, uh, there's so many places that I can go to now 
that they'll sell growlers. You know, some of them will do packaged goods too. So they'll have some cans that they can just sell without opening them. Uh, depending oh, yeah. on what state you're in. So I'm sure that cuts into you having to go to a store to get, you know, specifically the craft brew that, that they might carry. So, yeah, well, that place is great. So at least the one that we've been to or the services that you've used, you know, you've been pretty happy with it, right? Yeah, it was great. But it was just strange. Like I didn't realize they were all separate like that. Cause I was like, Oh, craft beer seller. I wonder if I could just go down and I actually called the, um, the store and they're like, no, you got to order it from them. And I was like, Oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't even ask why I was like, okay, whatever. I figured just cause they were in the area that that's where they get some sunshine and, um, heady top and all. Again, very interesting. And you know, it sucks when it has to come down to this because, you know, the, again, the experience that I had there was, it was fantastic. A couple of times that we've gone. Yeah. Um, we'll see in my delivery i still got i think i drank through all my stuff but i might be due for another because of the trip up i i put some in the suitcase and brought some back so there you go i, I may have to do another order soon but we'll see let's get into the ganjula well you're already riding the gondola so how are you feeling right now allegedly perhaps allegedly, perhaps i'm starting to feel pretty good Ish. Good. I, uh, yes, I'm definitely feeling good. And I have come up with the bean of the week this week because Boom. this is something that I procured legally out in Colorado. And it is by the good folks at Stillwater Brands. And the product is called Ripple Dissolvables. So, nice. what these are, these are single serve powder packets. Filled with perfectly precise portions of our odorless, flavorless, calorie-free, dissolvable THC and CBD. From protein shakes to salad dressings, put Ripple in your water bottles, juices, soups, tacos, and more. With Ripple, there are no unpleasant oil, slicks, or unwelcome grassy flavors. Just reliable, consistent, fast-acting effects. They have three different kinds. They have the kind that's 10 milligrams of THC. They have one that's uh, five of CBD and five of THC and one that's 10 of CBD. So you can either get all THC, all CBD, or the balanced five, which is the half and half, five and five of THC and CBD. I got the balanced five and it is just fantastic. Nice. Wait, what flavor is It's no flavor. It's flavorless powder. Come in these little packets, you just open them up. Drop it in your beverage of choice and nice. a little bit in, you get that effect. Hmm. Oh, it's, it's great. I, uh, I had it out in Colorado and I had it after I had a couple drinks. So I didn't really get the effect too much. And we also partook in another way, <laughs> but I had it again, allegedly recently and I also gave it to a family member who needed some uh, and they loved it. And I will tell you it, you definitely feel it like just the right amount. Like it's just a nice little, you know, it's like when you adjust your TV screen and you're nice. like, Oh, that's how things look. Sure. Not like during the last game of Thrones. Cause that you couldn't adjust your TV screen to make that work. That was nuts. That was kind Absolutely of nutty. nuts. But yeah, if you like, it's like cranking, like when you go to the store and they always have the TVs like cranked up the full brightness. 
this is awesome. They're saying you put in salad dressings and soups. I'm like, damn, you're dosing everybody at that point. Come on over dinner, man. It's like, hey, man, that cream of mushroom was really good. Yeah, how's, how with some salad? How that? Um, I made the dressing special. Yeah, like who's put... I, again, I don't know why you'd put it in your salad dressing. But hey, you know what? That's the beauty of this stuff. You can really do anything you want with it. You run the New York City Marathon. Hopefully, you take the right, the right water bottle. That's true. <laughs> I threw it in my booch, my kombucha last week. Nice. And I'm telling you, it was wonderful. And you definitely feel more... Like again, you kind of like you're turning up the the volume and the uh, adjustment knobs on life. Nice, highly recommended if you can get your hands on it. Well, I wish it was legal everywhere. Sons of bitches. We're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah, I'll be dead by the time they get there. Sons of bitches. Oh, uh, how dare you? Cursing them from the grave. Yeah. <sighs> well, speaking of dead people, let's start with the third story first. Oh, okay. Now, this story was an op-ed from a mother whose son died, and he was blaming his addiction to marijuana. Huh. Now, I don't know this lady. I don't know her son. It's horrible that her son died. Now, he was a former military um, officer. He was in the Army's 82nd Airborne Division. And then it says he became addicted to pot using his medical marijuana card. Yeah, I don't know about that. So he now, already got a condition though, right? Well, he was in the military. So he was in Iraq. And I'm sure that just, you know, and he had carpet- a medical card, which means he had a reason for taking it. Yeah. So again, I don't know what he did in Iraq. Maybe he was mowing down civilians and couldn't live with himself. Perhaps he had schizophrenia because they say that marijuana heightens schizophrenia if you have it. This is it. This story sucks, but it's just, you know, I know where this lady's coming from. Like whenever something happens to someone you care about, all you can think about is just banning that thing, no matter what it is. Well, and you put the blame on stuff and you're looking for a reason and stuff. So it's uh, exactly. So, you know, it's like, oh, my, you know, my so and so died in a car crash. They should ban all cars. Yeah, of course. Eh, really? Is that really the best solution to that? You know, again, it's a horrible thing that happened. You know, you wouldn't wish that on anybody. Well, a few people, but most people not. But the fact that you, you all of a sudden are now an expert and you have a scapegoat and now you have a platform because, you know, you put this op-ed and you just kind of put this out there, not really based on anything. No one in history has ever died from a marijuana overdose ever. Yeah. And then you got to look at why they're taking it. Like, and you know, so they, people say they become addicted to stuff and you could develop a habit on doing something. I mean, that's, you can be habitually doing anything, grinding your teeth, uh, you know, masturbation, masturbation, chewing your nails, watching porn, uh, drinking, uh, and you know, things like that, they'll develop into, they could develop into worse, worse issues. So just saying it's, you know, I could, I could understand it could become habitual, but doesn't mean it's a, you know, you get hooked on it. It's not yeah. like a 
one of those drugs you're getting hooked on. Yeah, you're you're finding an easy scapegoat there. You know, it could have been video games. It could have been like I said, it could have been a, a variety of things. But this, it's it's far too easy to put the blame on that than to really looking deep down to the, I'm sure the psychological issues, mental health issues that were not being addressed. And this was just an, an easy thing to to blame. Yeah, well, I'm sure these articles are going to come out all over as people look for excuses for stuff. And this lady could just be a shill for the, the alcohol industry. Who knows? Could be. Yeah. All right. Speaking of uh, somebody that has things in check, uh, Bubba Watson said it was a no-brainer on using CBD products in golf. So CBD is people, if you don't know, uh, does not have THC, uh, comes from, you know, it's marijuana, uh, from the marijuana plant, but it's CBD, non-psychoactive, does not have the THC component. Um, he, uh, recently he started, started taking it talking on my screen. Oh, Bubba's talking. Uh, so two-time master's champion, uh, Bubba Watson says he, um, decided to start using CBD to keep uh, sustaining his career at the highest level. He says, hands down, it helps relieve the pain and reduce inflammation and lessen symptoms of anxiety, which if anybody's played golf, it could be um, mentally taxing when you're, when you're out there playing, especially at the level these guys are playing. He didn't die using it. Did not die using it. So he did his research and uh, he made sure that um, the World Anti-Doping Agency uh, recently uh, removed the compound from the list of banned substances last year. Um, but it still holds a certain stigma, he says, like in, in sports where people say, well, you don't really know what is else is in with the CBD. And if that's not on the banned substance list, uh, he, you know, kind of decided he did his research, made sure he got a good source for a CBD uh, for treating himself and um, worked with a doctor. And he, uh, says it's actually helping, you know, helping with all that. And it's uh, extending his career at a high level, which is great. And this is coming from a guy named Bubba. Yeah. He's done the research. He believes in it. He knows it. It helps him in his game. It's great. Here's you know, the thing. Really like, is. If you're a professional athlete, and this is, t- is, and, and this is something that can help you with pain and inflammation, that is a game changer as a professional athlete. Like, it is something that's going to help, so. I can imagine a lot more athletes are going to be using at least CBD. And I know myself, you know, sometimes, you know, again, we're not professional athletes by any stretch of the imagination. Like we need to even say that, but you know, there's certain times where, you know, you get home from, from either the gym or running or biking or doing a sport and you're just, you're in pain and you know, it's so easy to just go, I'm going to go pop a few Advil, ibuprofen, whatever. Do you know how bad that is for your liver if you do that a lot? I mean, it really does mess with your system. Any of those things, it it messes with your system. But we're just so conditioned to go, oh, well, you know, I saw that Advil commercial on TV or I saw that. Is Bufferin still around? I remember that back in the day. Yeah. Excedrin, you know, any of those. All those are still around, yeah. They're all still around. And again, once in a while, they're fine. But it really is very harmful to your organs if you keep taking them but again they're on tv you can buy them at cvs you can buy them at the grocery store so you you don't really even think twice about it yeah while something like a cbd 
Oh my God, that's from that devil marijuana plant. I remember seeing that on, you know, Reefer Madness or hearing about it at school or during the D.A.R.E. program. It's just, yeah. it's just getting people to, to unlearn the things that have been drilled and cemented into their brains. No, it's crazy. Yeah. And again, you're, you have no idea what you could be missing out on, how much more, how much higher quality of life you could have if you just took a step back looked at the information and, and tried it. Not forcing you, not saying you have to, but just look at the information and make a, make a rational scientific decision instead of it just being on some emotional you know, decision based on no information. I'm telling you, as you get older, you look for any advantage you can get without harming the body. You know? So that's why, you know, think about it. That's why a lot of people have looked at alternative medicine and supplements and you know, natural healing you know, supplements or treatments for things because you don't want to have to, you know, everybody knows that medicine is not the, the best thing for you. So it's just something like CDB products, I think are great. You know, CDB oil, you can use, uh, they have salves, you know, they have even uh, lip balm. They have like all sorts of stuff that you can use for just getting a little, you know, a little help with some, some things. So definitely helps, man. If it's, if it's not harmful and it helps, why why wouldn't you do it? Well, look at the prescription drugs too. I mean, look at all the side effects they have in all those commercials. Yeah. It's creepy. Like, would you really want to take that? No. May cause bleeding, dizziness, death. I love how they put that in there. May cause death. Please stop using if, usually, if you start having a reaction to it. Okay, so if I die, I should stop using it? Thanks. But <laughs> when they show the part in the commercial where they mention the death, it's always got some, you know, the person is like playing with a dog in the park. Yeah. So you're totally distracted. May cause, and honestly, we've become desensitized to it because we always hear it. We're like, ah, that's a bullshit claim. Well, they're putting it in there for a reason, you know? Yeah. Agreed. Indubitably. <laughs> so we have... One more story in the gondola, and this is definitely the most fun of the one this week. It's actually, I wouldn't call it fun. I'd call it just really funny. Oregon Senate okays freeze on cannabis cultivation. Well, Brian, that sounds like a very negative, bad story. Well, you would think so until you realized that Oregon has enough cannabis to last the state for the next six and a half years. Jeez. That is nuts, right? Oh, I love that state. They're fantastic up there. <laughs> They're like, wow, we grew way too much. They're like, hey, man, we got to dial it back a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, like, we're all speculation, right? Like, what what are the growers supposed to do? Like, start growing... Start smoking it. Something else? I mean... Dude, they got know. a couple of years, they could just smoke away. Yeah, but it's already, like, done and dry. They got to make money, man. They got to pay the bills. Yeah. They could... I'm sure it's going to go to the they grow non- weed tomatoes. Oh, weed tomatoes, weed weedatoes. Dude, that's going all on the black market. It's all going to Utah. <laughs> no, they're not going to say anything. They're just going to dose America with like go to McDonald's. They're like, man, that was a good burger. Got a nice tomato on there. Yeah, it's a weed tomato. Yeah, that co- what's that company that just went public today? That um, they had an IPO and they do like fake meat. Oh, I heard that about that. Dude, they're yeah. friggin' stock price up like 130% or something on the really? first day. Yeah. Like in, it's not impossible burger, but it's kind of similar to that. If there's some beyond sort of meat, beyond meat, there you go. Yeah. yeah so maybe yeah, they're, gonna, 
Or to the Beyond Meat Factory. They're going to be putting all their extra weed into those burgers. Vegan meat. Those are good burgers, dude. IPO gives, gives company a $1.5 billion market value. How? For meatless meat. Damn, meatless? I don't think I've ever had one of these burgers, though. So. No, I'm a, I'm a real man. I eat beef. I don't, I can't, I couldn't invest in this without trying the product. Exactly. Like I, I they say they're available at White Castle. Get what the hell out. White Castle is serving that kind of stuff? White Castle? I don't see Harold and Kumar getting high wanting one of these fake meat burgers. Damn, they see the stock skyrocket 163%. Bam! Damn. That's all today. Did you get in on that? I did not. Damn it. Another thing I missed. See what happens when you you work too much? Real life life is happening all around you. It's bullshit, man. I should have been on this real meat. Real meat. meat Beyond meat. Beyond meat. All right. Well, you know. Wow. From jumping more than $61 from $25 ending the day at $65. Pow! Pow! And that's where everybody else is going like, yeah, let's buy now. Yeah, seriously. Just missed the IPO. Very curious to see how it's going to end up the next couple of weeks. But hey, apparently there's a huge demand, unlike Lyft. I don't know. It's it's killing me because I've never heard of it or seen it. But I don't know. They're saying it's in Kroger and Whole Foods. There you go. You have to look for it this weekend. You can go get some kombucha and some Beyond Meat. Well, they actually have it as an option in AW Canada, Carl's Jr. and TJ Fridays. Look at that. Huh. No idea, right? I'm, I'm missing the freaking boat. Missing the oh, boat? They're, t- they're testing it at Burger King with the Whopper test locations. That's okay. crazy, man. Beyond meat. Meat. All right, what's in there? Is it soy and cream? Is it people? They say it's not soy and not uh, something else. Problem is, if you can't tell me what it is, I still don't want to eat it. I think, it's, I think they say what it is. And so the big thing with them is, I guess they're getting the texture kind of right. Because usually you need like a, you know, like a, like a veggie burger or a black bean burger. You're like, yeah, this is the, the term burger is used extremely loosely. Yeah. It's just I like have to a, go out to Whole Foods and buy some of this stuff. See it. I call veggie burgers sadness discs because really they're not burgers. They're just, just a I, disc of sadness. I hate when people say it's a veggie burger. It's like, okay. Give you a veggie patty. Don't call it a burger because it's not a burger. It's a veggie patty in the in the shape and makeup, the way you present it, like a burger. It's burger-like, but it's not a burger. Burger is meat. You know what I mean? I would, again, I go with my disc of sadness. Purest. Really, Purest. It is. And it's now, so you're, you're having a veggie burger, so you're getting your non-meat. You're not getting the protein uh, that you need, but you're going to get the bread, so you're still going to get all that the gluten Carb. and the carbs and the sugars, plus yeah. you're going to get all the crap filler stuff, which is probably all corn in that veggie burger and you think you're eating healthy. Yeah, Wrong. and you're, gonna walk, you're still going to wash it down with a Coke. Yeah, just get a steak. <laughs> just get a steak, no bun. Just steak, steak and some sparkling water. How about that? Do my, fancy favorite, life. my favorite meal is a goddamn ribeye, medium rare with a salad that's got cashews Little balsamic and olive uh, avocado oil and cashews on it. And nice bowl cashews. Of red. I put cashews twice. Cashews and avocado. And a nice bowl of red wine. A bowl of red wine. A trough of a red bold, wine. Bold red wine. A bowl. Or a bowl of it. You get a big 
glass the size of a ball. They should have mini troughs to drink out of. Mini trough. Mini trough. Keep it classy. Mm-hmm. Not too big. Not too gross. Like a personal mini trough. Yeah. What is your favorite drink with a steak? I do like a bold red wine, just like you said. Red wine's nice. Sometimes it upsets my stomach because of all the uh, stuff going on. Uh, beer's good with it. Yeah, beer is. Yeah, I, I, beer's good with everything. But a lighter beer it's on the lighter side, I like a lighter beer with steak. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm I definitely go red wine. Uh, keep it, you know, that Cabernet. I'll, I'll, it depends on how nice my steak is. If I have a really good steak, I'll try to go with a real good wine. But usually, it's the three buck chuck. That's my. <laughs> that's my. Uh, my table wine. Off the grill, three buck chuck. That's right. That's it. Works for me. Gets the job done. Yeah, it's kind of like pizza. I like pizza and Coke. Pizza and Coke. Yeah. That's, see, again, I like, I like a cheap red wine with my pizza. That's cheap. Three buck Chuck Cabernet with the pizza. Walk out for lunch. Go out for lunch. Just dip, the pizza pizza? In, dip the pizza in the wine. I mean, it's fantastic. <laughs> like the crust. Dip the crust in the wine. It's delicious. Mm. I think uh, Domino's has stuffed wine crust, don't they? Oh, <laughs> liquid crust. Liquid cheese and wine crust. Oh, dude, the liquid cheese. Remember, was it Pizza Hut that first had that, like the stuffed crust? The stuffed that... crust, yeah. Oh. I think they brought it back and other places have it now. I don't know. They do all sorts of crazy shit to crust. Just mutate it. Yeah. You know, you see the classic, classic New York slice. You're good to go. There you go. Just classic. Classic pizza. Keep it classy. Let's go to Ski News. So, Mario, you want to kick us off with this? Yeah, let's start with the 26 resorts that are still open in North America, ready for you to shred some pow. First or, week in May, and there's 26 resorts still open. Yeah. So we call it pow, slush, whatever you want to call it. You're still skiing. So let's see. Um, wow. Expected closing dates. Timberline Lodge, Oregon, 831. They're the best up there. Damn, that's like the latest. That's basically... They're going to close for like a few weeks and then start getting ready for the new season. How they do it? I, I would say that's almost a, a modern day glacier, right? Yeah. Uh, July. So Squaw and Mammoth. Uh, June, they're saying Vermont and A Basin. May, Snowbird. Well, Killington, they, they're adorable. They really <laughs> will have one run open and it probably will be patchy, but they are saying they will be open until June 2nd. Outer limits. They don't blow like two stories of snow on it for no reason superstar not outer limits i mean uh superstar that's right yeah uh let's see so in may snowbird donner ski ranch breckenridge whistler mount bachelor um those are all memorial day weekend yeah it was all memorial day weekend mary jane at winter park Ooh, i like the sound of that heavily arizona snowball jay peak So these are so Arizona Snowball, Heavenly, and Jay Peak are all going to close up this weekend. Yeah, be their their final weekend. And actually, this weekend as well as yeah, Lake Louise, Loveland, Luston, and Minnesota, Montana, Lutzen, Minnesota, Lutzen, Minnesota, Uh, Marmot Basin, Silver Mountain, Sugarbush, Sugarloaf, Big Boulder, Mount Hood, and Purgatory. So five fours. Early. How the uh, hell is Big Boulder in Pennsylvania still open? Hey man, they're in a pocket, I guess. <laughs> they're in a pocket, yeah. <laughs> they certainly are. Pocket. Dude, how the hell is Big Boulder open? 
Dude, I'm gonna go to the site now. They're probably reporting like a base of like 100 inches. What the hell? Could be like their terrain park is open. I don't know. It says zero of 16 are open. Huh. This could be fake news. It says closed for the season. Yeah, that that seemed a little bit off. Yeah, Jack Frost Big Boulder. Yeah, that that had to be someone like just trolling the site. Yeah, we're, they're still going to be open in Pennsylvania. It says 71 degrees in rain. <laughs> we'll be open this week. Consider they got not, they didn't get that much snow this year. They were in like a weird spot where it, it all just kind of went north of them. Maybe they were just open until they just got a ton of rain. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, Big Bowl the closer season. Jack Frost closer season. It says then Saturdays only after this weekend. I'm like it hasn't been open in weeks. Wow. Yeah. Big news. You hear about the thing on uh there's a company that's gonna do fake vacations on uh Facebook. Oh god. No. You send them you send them pictures, you give them like fifty bucks and they'll say and they'll They'll doctor your pictures up to make it look like you're in like an exotic, like you're in uh, Hawaii or some exotic vacation, having a great time. And then you can post them and I'll post them for you on, on uh, like Facebook and Instagram. I'm like getting more people to hate you. Yeah. In a way I was like, that's so pathetic. And I believe it's pathetic, but the backside of that, that I like is it's so much fake misinformation out there that eventually Facebook and everything will just become irrelevant because it's all bullshit in there. Well, it'd be so funny to keep posting that stuff and like you're at work and like your coworkers are like, you're, you know, friends with on Facebook. They're like, dude, like you're hanging out with Pitbull. Like, no, you're not. Like you were here today. That's right. Dude, I saw you. There's no way you're in Fiji. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? Did you go for lunch? You were at a luau? Where the hell were you? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be kind of funny to start like photoshopping like crazy pictures and just putting dumb stuff on there. Dude, I want to do that. I want to put like fake shit everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Just like Photoshop yourself in with a bunch of celebrities. <laughs> Photoshop me skiing with Obama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Hawaii skiing with Obama. How you like that? Who's bowling okay. now? That's right. Who's bowling now, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next. This past weekend was the London Marathon. And, you know, running a marathon is probably kind of miserable. I've done a half marathon and that was all I needed to do. That was, that was a decent amount. But this guy, this, this crazy, wonderful gentleman, Dr. Paul Harnett, he ran the uh, London Marathon in ski boots and now has the Guinness World Record or the fastest marathon time in ski boots Damn. with a time of five hours and 30 minutes. Damn. Was he a doctor of? I want to know. Probably a, a foot doctor, right? Was the obvious joke right there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There was some dude dressed like big Ben too, who ran the marathon. I don't know if you saw that. Nice. Is that like a record a, too? Well, he had the Big Ben costume on and it was so high. He actually, when he got to the finish line, kind of like crashed into it. <laughs> and uh, they had, like, people came over and were like helping him like push it down so he could get through the finish line. Oh, uh, that's funny. <laughs> oh, he's an orthopedic surgeon. Well, there you go. 
So I'm sure he had some nice like custom orthotics in those ski boots. Or maybe, awesome. you know what? Maybe he had regular sneakers and had some sort of plastic fake ski boot built around his sneaker. Oh, they look like pretty uh, real ski boots. I think that's a good uh, a good boon for his uh, his practice. Seriously, right? Wow. So he raised money for the British Paralympic Association and World Orthopedic uh, Concern. Oh, huh. that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Huh. Good for him. And there were thirty eight different world records broken at that marathon. Wow. Pretty awesome. I wonder if we should like reach out to some, you know, to some uh, boot sponsors and be like, "Hey, if you can hook us up with some boots, like two pairs, we'll run like a five k in them, but we want another pair that we can actually be skiing in afterwards." It would be like NASCAR. You keep track of like the uh, the uh, the manufacturer standings. Ooh. Yeah, the Lang boot, the Lang boots are racing better on the uh, on the marathons this year than the uh, <laughs> than the Solomons. Yeah, they're better on the long on the uh, the the standard tracks, but the short tracks, you know, the Solomon <laughs> tend to be the better the better boot. You run a five k, you want to go with Solomon. You're running something long, you got to go with a Lang or uh... <laughs> like awesome. those, those Apex ones. You probably <laughs> you probably kick ass with those. Yeah, interesting story. Not really, just a little aside. I was at one of those Sierra Trading Posts. Is that what it's called? Sierra Trading yeah. Post. That yeah, those places are cool. It's like the Marshalls or TJ Maxx for you know sports, athletic gear and shoes and sneakers and stuff. And I was in like the I love the clearance section of those places because you either find the worst stuff on the planet or like the most amazing finds. <laughs> the one by me, I went to the the shoe and boot clearance section. They actually had two pairs of ski boots there. And one of them was those Apex boots. You know, the really? ones that come yeah. with that. They're, they're almost like snowboard boots, but then they have a whole... Like exoskeleton, frame. right? Yeah, like an exoskeleton and frame that you lock into the binding. Nice. They had a pair of those and a pair of really nice K2 boots. Wow. And they weren't my size, but, you know, if, if that rare, rare chance does happen where you find your size, you can find some real gems. Yeah, there you go. Keep looking. Keep looking, always. Searching. Never stop exploring right. as one of those overpriced outdoor companies tagline goes. <laughs> well, Looking awesome. at, you. We, Looking we at you, South Face. <laughs> we gotta uh plan uh our our multi boot um marathon one of these days. Yeah, right. I would do it. I'll All run right. like I'll run up to a ten K in ski boots. All right, we got a 10K. That's that's pretty good. Pretty do that. 6.2 miles? I can do yeah. that. You can do that. You can do that in your sleep. As long as I'm not being drug tested, I can do it. <laughs> there you go. All right, next up, uh, U.S. Ski Resorts are reporting the fourth busy season on record. Um, just saying, off the podium. Just off the podium. <laughs> said um, Rocky Mountains had the most visits ever. So overall, U.S., Fourth busiest Rocky Mountains, most visits ever. Um, so they're saying they topped 59 million skier and snowboarder visits this season. So it's 11% higher than last season, which is huge. That's a huge jump. Um, so they go through the five best winters uh, for U.S. ski resorts in, net, in skier visits. 
Uh, they're saying and it's only been since 1978, 79. That's when they first started tracking this. Right. So number five is the 2006, uh, 07, uh, 58.9 million, uh, 1819. That's this season. Um, they're saying 59 plus million, uh, 09 and 10. They said 59.7, 07, 08. They said 60.5 and 2010, 2011, uh, 60.54. So, yeah, pretty impressive. They're saying 59 million, but they only need another million to get to number one. And a lot of places are still open. This is true. So these are preliminary numbers. They have to be. Yeah, right. I think another million would go this. uh, You start giving out tickets. (laughs) Well, now, excuse me. I wonder, too, if... um, well, I'm pretty sure it did, but you got to wonder too how much those epic and icon passes affected these numbers. Oh, it had to because it absolutely had to, right? Think about how much more people can go, right? Like now you've opened up like unlimited skiing to all these places that people wouldn't normally, you know, would normally have to pay. That I mean, eleven percent. I gotta, I gotta say that's that's a huge number. Um, yeah, I'd really like to see a breakdown of all. That'd be a really cool stat to have is all the different resorts that are part of those passes to see where they were last year versus this year, especially the icons. It was the first year they had it last year showing, you know, what were the numbers like in uh, 1718 versus 1819. Right. Yeah. It'd be cool to track the past visits too, that from those passes and see. Mm -hmm. And, you know, also too, it was a great, snow season there's a lot of big snow everywhere so that definitely plays into the number of visits and again the economy is good you know they're looking they talked about the pacific northwest having a 23 percent increase in the number of visits and you gotta think too you know there's a lot of companies moving out to the seattle area so um people moving out there people making good money they have more money to go and ski so they'll go, they'll go and do that. More disposable income. So I just made the uh, good mistake of clicking on some clickbait on the site. <laughs> and Are you accusing about, snow brains of clickbait? No, but it's good clickbait. Uh, they're talking about the hot route, the ski tour from Chamonix, France to Zermatt, Switzerland over eight days. That sounds so awesome. So you go, it's backcountry, you... You tour, so you're basically you're skinning a lot, and then you're skiing, and wow, it, it seems awesome. They actually describe the whole thing. I gotta say the site. So they're saying 2019 from March 30th to April 6th. That one was full. That's already done. Uh, it's already done. Wait, how many days is it? Eight days. That seems pretty fast. So one one week in March, one week in and two weeks in April. So that's all they run, and it's probably because of the uh, the weather and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, cost is is twenty seven seventy five. It's not bad. What does that include? Includes ground transportation, Chamonix is remote while on the normal hot route itinerary, all lift tickets while on the normal itinerary, two nights lodging Chamonix, one night lodging Zermatt, five nights mountain hut fees with breakfast, pack lunch, and dinner. So they give you food. Um, luggage transfer from Chamonix is not because you're, you know, it's a one way, right. um, travel support and American guides and all the, and includes all the guides expenses. 
So that's not that's, bad. You just got to fly there. That's really cool. Yeah, pay for your own flight there, and then twenty seven hundred bucks gets you that. That seems pretty cool. I'm saving this for next year. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. International Alpine Guides and California Alpine Guides. Sending this to you now. I'm gonna plan this for next year. We just missed it. Yeah, we're gonna have to look that up later. I'm gonna have to go deep dive into the route. Maybe that could be number two hundred. Ah, oh, that could be. That would yeah, be around. That could be pretty epic, right? Number two hundred hot route. Hot route. Hot route. And we have one more story, which is sort of ski related, but not exactly. You know, once it gets into May, into the summer, we take some artistic liberties by what can be included in the ski stories. But it is from Snowbrains, so we're going to count it. <laughs> Norway refuses oil industry access to billions of barrels beneath Arctic natural wonder. The largest wow. parliamentary party in Norway has delivered a significant blow to the country's huge oil industry after withdrawing support for explorative drilling off the Lofoten Islands in the Arctic, which are considered a natural wonder. Mm. The move creates a large parliamentary majority against oil exploration in the sensitive offshore area, illustrating growing opposition to the polluting fossil fuel, which has made the country one of the world's most affluent. The country currently pumps out over 1.6 million barrels of oil a day from its offshore operations. Wow. So it's saying there's estimated to be 1 to 3 billion barrels of oil beneath the seabed of the Lufthansa Archipelago. The Norway's largest oil producer, the state-controlled company Equinor ASA, has said gaining access to oil supplies in Lufthansa is essential for the country to maintain production levels. Mm. So there's a bit of a Viking battle going on up there in Norway between the um, parliament and the world's or their biggest oil company battling it out. Yeah, but if they pump 1.6 million barrels a day, right? Yeah. So that 1 billion to 3 billion, that's only like a year's worth. A couple of years oil. worth, right? Yeah. Yeah, one, maybe two years worth, depending on how much is there. Yeah. But they're saying no, man. And now here's where you get into like the creepy stuff. Like, I think we talked about it in the past about the race for the North Pole and, you know, yeah. everyone's trying to, to claim that they own it. And, you know, Putin says it's his. And like, you could see someone like a Putin like coming up with a submarine. It's like going underneath and just drilling and just yep. sucking that oil out, right? Yeah. The little, the Putin, uh, what it, what do they call it? A sub, uh, submarine, uh, sucker. Like Putin and Dyson, like Putin's going to hire the guy from Dyson, the vacuum guy. And they're going to create some sort of, they're going to get Elon Musk to drill it. They're going to get the Dyson guy to suck it out. And Putin's going to get it all. How about this? Elon Musk builds a, one of their rockets. They fit it out. They launch it up. It just plummets right down in there, grabs all the oil, and then flies back back out. And then lands. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if it could pull that off. Right, and then lands right where it started. Boom. Yeah. Hey, like that. Hey, like that, Putin. Boom in your face. In your face, Putin. So almost like uh, like the game Operation, but with liquid. So you just kind of you don't want to touch the sides. You just got to create like a little hole and just suck the oil out without damaging anything. Liquid operation. Liquid operation. I like it. With that, that wraps up the ski news.
So we're going to roll right into the main topic now. Mario, you want to give us an introduction on this main topic of ours? So one of the things we were talking about the last few weeks is, you know, how shitty we feel at the end of the ski season. Like we start thinking about, all right, we got to go through the whole summer while we look forward to it. And we start like a whole, you know, thing where we try to keep ourselves motivated and, and keep motivating us, uh, you know, for the next ski season, there's, there's, I think everybody feels that a little bit, you know, when you're in that tweener, before spring and the ski season, it's just kind of getting shitty out. Like, um, and when I mean shitty, I mean, it's getting really hot out Like, <laughs> and you're not looking forward to sitting at the beach necessarily yet. Uh, while we all enjoy the beach, it's just, you're not ready for it mentally. So there's a lot of depression that goes on. So I started looking into, you know, we started talking about like, you know, is there a phenomenon like seasonal, um, was it seasonal affective disorder? Um, but in the reverse for like the summertime. So where people actually get depressed and there is. So I think we, we found some articles from one from vice, one from time that, uh, they actually talk about that where, um, people actually, uh, do get like seasonal affective disorder in the summertime. Um, so I got to say, I don't think this has been researched much, but um, I would imagine this is for skiers and boarders. I wonder, you know, and, and winter outdoor enthusiasts, I wonder if this is a phenomenon that affects them more. Well, I know I did some research where I spoke to five people <laughs> and four of those said they get depressed in the spring and summer. So that means 90% of our control group has summer seasonal depression four out of five winter enthusiasts say four out of five winter enthusiasts yes right if it's good enough for toothpaste it's good enough for for us yes so uh yeah they actually talk about and they say um you know during the the cold dark months um you know everybody knows there's dips in mood and energy and people start feeling crappy and then they fall into depression it's it's more common because people are a little bit more sedentary they're a little bit more tired. They eat a little bit more. They gain a little bit more weight. It's just a little, I don't know, it's kind of almost human nature where you get go into a little bit of hibernation uh, in the winter. Um, but they say in the summer, uh, the reverse could happen where, um, where they say it's a little bit hard to tell, but they say what happens is you get a little bit more nervous energy, a little bit more active uh, sleep issues and it actually causes the same effect in some people. So even though you, you have sunlight and it's summer, um, they say it could be also marked by people getting less sleep, eat less, losing weight, uh, insomnia. Um, so what happens is when you run yourself down like that, you actually get agitated instead of being lethargic. So it's still, you know, creates a little bit more, uh, you know, a little bit of depression, um, because it's, it's really affecting your body in a, in a negative way. So it could have that effect. So be on the lookout for that. Um, and there's a, a few disturbing things. They say there's more suicides in the hot summer months. And especially when it's really hot than there are in colder months. This all makes perfect sense to me. So when it's really brutal, hot and humid, you're thinking about 
I'm never going to ski again. I'm going to melt away. So, but, uh, yes, I completely understand this. Yeah. So they're actually saying cognitive behavioral therapy can help people with summer, uh, seasonal affective disorder, uh, as can stay indoors during the middle of the day and keeping cool with the help of cold showers, swimming, air conditioning, um, and often, uh, patients, uh, take med- medication doses in the springtime, um, to try to help stave off the symptoms before they, the summer hits in full force. So hmm. the struggle is real. The same. Yeah, for sure. I don't think my depression is quite that bad in the summertime. And I know it's, it's better now than it was before last couple of years before. And I think, at least for me, one of the biggest things is just having activities to do. You know, finding something that you enjoy in the summertime and hanging out with people who are, you know, fun to be around. If you can start doing those activities, you know, perhaps biking. I know, Mario, you're really into biking and and do a lot of rides and and hang out with people doing that. And, you know, you you got to find something else that you enjoy that yeah. can kind of keep you motivated and enjoying life. Yeah. You know, some people say to me too, that they're, they're like, Oh, you know, I don't, I don't like do, I don't like skiing or whatever. And they say the winter sucks. I hate the cold and, and there's nothing to do. And, you know, my comment back to them is always, well, you got to do a winter sport. You got to get out, go for, go for a walk in the winter, you know, go snowshoe. If you want to enjoy like some, being outside, like, don't just wait for the summer to go hiking, you know, go hiking in the, in the winter, you know, just with snowshoes or something or, 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 you know, just do something just to get out because sitting inside the house, I think drives you a little batshit crazy, you know? Oh, it certainly does. Yeah. That's, that's one of the worst things you could possibly do is just sitting cabin inside. You get cabin fever and, you know, you start getting just down on yourself, you know, no matter what you're watching, you're going to bum yourself out or freak yourself out and just make yourself miserable if you're not out and just, just finding something that brings you simple joy, you know, gardening. That's a big one. That's what I'm trying to get into. Keeping yourself entertained. I mean, you got to keep going. You got to have a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. So Keep yourself going. Don't, you know, just because of the ski and snowboard seasons coming to an end, don't get bummed out. Start looking to the future. Look for next season. Start getting in shape. Start doing something else that you like to do. You got to be a two, at least a, a multi-season person, you know? So now I know you're doing your, your biking. Is there anything else that you're working on doing this well, summer? I'm bummed, I'm bummed out lately because lately I haven't been doing a lot of biking. I've been working oh, really? a lot and stuff, so... Got to get back to the bike. You know, I haven't been doing those long, big rides, but uh, I think that, that'll help once I start riding. Um, I go to the beach a lot. That's, that's kind of cool just to be out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like being out I like, of the house. You got to get out of the house. That's yeah, for sure. I mean, I like, I like going to the beach too, but I need to find something else to do there. Cause I get, like, I love for a couple hours being able to just chill out and, you know, nap or whatever, but I can't just sit at the beach for a week. You know, some people just like, I just want to sit there and lay in the sun. I'm like, I, I need to be moving around or doing something. And, you know, my thing is too, is like, I, I don't deal well with the heat. My body is not meant to be in the heat. I just sweat a lot. I get uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, I burn easy. Like, I don't like being in the sun and the heat. 
So, well, that's where you do like uh, bring up, you know, volleyball or football and either hit that around, throw that around, jump in the water, bring up, you know, we have boogie board. You got to find something to do even at the beach. You know, it's nice to take a little nap, but then you kind of want to do something more, walk on the beach. You know, that helps. And that's, that's always my, my problem with like beach vacations is, you know, you go to an all inclusive. You go there, you just drink and eat the whole time. You're not being feeling fat and disgusting every morning. And then you come home and you're like, ugh, I need to go on a diet. I hate when I do this. When you're out going on a ski vacation, at least you're out there hustling and busting your ass and working hard. So you can afford to have a couple drinks or a big, big burger and fries because you've earned it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. If you decide you want to play some volleyball, go biking or something like you're you're doing that exercise and then you can afford a little bit more, you know, you need that. Uh, well, that could stuff. be also part of the depression too, is again, if you do are boozing away and hanging out on the beach and you're going to feel miserable and you're going to be less likely to do something. Yeah. Get out something physical. I know people that have gone to some of the world's most gorgeous beaches and they go to an all-inclusive resort and they sit by the pool the entire time and they eat and drink. Yeah. I'm like, you could have done that at home in nice weather. Like, wh- why would you be in like this beautiful setting and not even go to the beach often? You know, they, they sit at the pool most of the time. It's just weird to me. It's like, you, you can know? go to like a crappy place in like Dominican Republic, way closer and do that too. Yeah. But yeah, hell, you could, you could go to a fancy hotel in your local neighborhood and just sit there at the... And, go to a nice order. Marriott, right? Exactly. You know? <laughs> So it's just weird to me. I mean, it's what you make of it. And if you don't make anything of it, that's, I think, what's going to lead to that depression. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Keep entertained, man. That's the key. So you're going to do in your biking? um... Yeah, biking, working out. Like, so down in Florida now, it'll be, it'll start getting super hot. So you don't even want to be out on at certain times of the day. So I'll actually... Lately, I haven't been going to the gym that much because I'll go out for a bike. I'll go out for quick bike rides here and there and, and just, I don't even drive my car anymore. I just bike everywhere. So I'm getting these like mini, rather than do like a 20 mile bike ride, I'm doing like probably like 10 to 20 miles a day, just in residual little riding around. That's really cool, actually. Yeah. So it's different. I mean, I'm still, you know, getting there, but I'm not going to the gym that much because it's been so nice. Now it's going to get, once it starts getting hotter, I'll start hitting the gym a little bit more because I'm like, you know, going out and biking in the afternoon is going to be melt, right? Uh, yeah. You'll just die. I mean, you know, with, with the, with the, um, humidity and the heat, you'll just, you'll, you'll just keel over, you know, so you got to watch it. Uh, fishing. That's why a lot of people, you know, when I moved down here, a lot of people in the summer, they love going fishing, going on a boat. You know, that that's kind of a big thing too. I mean. Those are definitely know. the best summer friends to have are people with boats. Yeah. I mean, our buddy Steve, like he can't sit still at the beach either. That's why he always has like a jet ski or a boat. Uh, and he'll, he'll just go out and he'll do his thing on that, on that all day on the, you know, on the water and he's keeping active, which is, which is great. You know, that's, so that's an, move. It's yeah. an investment, you know? Oh Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. you're gonna have to get a jet jet ski. That'd be really cool. I would, I would like to get a jet ski. I actually want to get a stand up paddleboard, and something that Andrea really wants too. Like she really wants to get one paddleboard. Yeah, one of the stand up paddleboards. 
Because nice. they have a, a launch area right by us where you can just pop in the river, which is nice. So you can go in the river or you can go in the ocean. And, you know, I'm sure getting started, it's a lot easier yeah. going in the river. No, that's a good idea. They have, they the have them at Costco. Yeah, they have them Costco. They got the inflatable ones. Those are pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, that's, you know, and then you're doing something. You know, you're out, you're doing something, you exercise, you feel a little bit better. Getting some sun. Yeah, you're out there, you're working your core. And again, these are all things that will help you skiing too. Yeah. Which is important. So, you know, she's, she wants to do that. I don't know if we're going to buy any this year. It's It's always a possibility. I'm just, I've been trying to do a little more running today. You know, I, I worked from home and I went with Benjamin and I threw him in the old jogging stroller and went for a nice little four mile jog with him and he fell asleep and could nap and I was able to do my thing, which was good. So that was fun. And, you know, I, I, I like to run and I like to do a little trail running and hiking and trying to do find more, like I said, beach things to do. Um, which is, is always a challenge because, you know, well, probably just following him around, running yeah. after him will be a good enough exercise. And, you know, just hanging out with him is always a, a a joy. So that'll help me help me fight off the winter depression, knowing that next year he's going to be getting on skis. So I got to be extra, extra ready and prepared and in shape when that happens. Well, that'll probably help you on the beach because he's not going to want to sit still. So he he's doesn't like- sit still ever. He yeah. just he- runs around. Like, let's run around on the beach. So you'll be like, all right, at least I'm not sitting still. I'm chasing him around all day. It's going to help me get shredded. Yeah, it'll be fun. I can't be boozing on the beach. I got to watch out for him. Right. So it's actually, he's like my um, my sponsor, really. I think so. He's going to get you to appreciate being at the beach. You're going to be like, hey, you yeah. know, okay. Yeah. That's kind of why, you know, I uh, enjoy the podcast so much because, you know, I can can kick back and get a little, a little uh, stupid because usually I got to be on. Yeah. When he's up and around. So right. nice to be able to to be a little stupid and to, I stupid. mean, really being my true self. Stupid's what we do. It's true. We do stupid like no one else. That's right. We make stupid look good. Yeah. So I think the summer's all about just, uh, just doing the normal stuff, getting out, man. Get out, doing stuff. There's always like concerts too. I mean, that's the other thing I, I look for, especially down here. There's always concerts, live music. Uh, breweries to visit, like just do a little sightseeing, be a little local tourist in your own neighborhood. Sometimes that helps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, vacations are always good too in the summertime. You know, get away, get somewhere where you can change your perspective and your, your attitude. Are you got a trip coming up soon? Yeah. We're going to Norway in July. Nice. And I'd prefer to be going to Norway when I can go skiing there, but you know, we have, yeah. we have, uh, Andrea's dad lives there. So we're going to go there and, and do a little tour of the area, probably check out some fjords. And there is the town of ski. And I've told them, I'd like the only requirement I have on this trip is I need to get a picture taken by the town sign, the town of ski. How about you go to ski, get drunk and get kicked out of ski, get kicked out of ski. You're like, I'm the only man that got kicked out of ski. I'm sure there's a town snowboard next to it where I could go. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's funny. The town of ski. Yeah. So that'll be cool. That'll be fun. So yeah, that's that's those are some ideas about ways to, you know, kind of keep yourself centered and focused and happy and, and fighting off that summer seasonal depression, which we're all gonna have to deal with in the next couple of weeks. 
But it is always a place to get turns. And you know what? You can always go to South America. That's right. Right. Oh, they're going to open up, up that indoor um, ski thing by you? Oh, that Xanadu thing. I got to look that up. I have not, I've completely forgotten about that. Indoor ski rink, indoor ski hill, whatever they, they're calling it. American Dream is called. American Dream. I have no idea what's going on there. Yeah. Make sure they stay on track. Or they just... All the stories are from last year talking about it. Oh, we forgot. Oh, we were supposed to open that. Oh, sorry. I don't know where those millions of dollars went. They had that target for March 2019, and it is now May 2019. So oh. perhaps they missed the date. Damn. What are they called? Is it still called Xanadu? Or American, American Dream. American Dream. American Dream. I had a dream that that place would be open one day. Yeah. Would not hold your breath for that. At least they made it look less stupid than it originally looked. Oh, it, okay. I think so. That's good. Triple uh, five delays American Dream opening April 9th. Opening has been delayed again. Ah, what a shocker. Why would you ever take the under in anything that happens in New Jersey? Ever? Oh, definitely. Ridiculous. All right, so... They're trying to get $150 million in extra financing. Shocker. So... This is the third time they've delayed the opening of a 3 million square foot mega mall during its ownership and roughly $5 billion project. So it's a $5 billion freaking mall that probably should have cost like one tenth of that. And yeah, it's, it's delayed again. So I love that they, they say they have a national hockey league sized ice rink. Huh? Pretty much every rink is a national hockey league sized ice rink. They're all the same. They're standard 200 by 85. You dummies. But it sounds better when they do it like that. Oh, of course. Sounds so much more luxurious. Hey, they don't say when they're going to be open again. They just said it's delayed. Yeah. That whole thing's just going to catch fire. Just burn yeah. down. Big fire. Yeah, it's crazy. Places they did say that they were supposed to open in March, but it did not. What a surprise. It did not. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, what a dumpster fire. So maybe that'll open up. Probably not, but you never know. One day, maybe. I'm I'm just waiting for somebody to go to jail on this whole thing because you know there's like money laundering through this whole thing. Yeah, no- someone's paid off. Don't worry. Yeah, there's there's something like shady going on and something going on. Uh, you just don't. Ah, it's crazy. Yeah, this is a lot of you know they just have like the the vice munchies food hall, the ski thing. Like there's so many awesome things that are supposed to happen, but yet none of them ever come to fruition. Which really. That should be on like New Jersey's state slogan. Be like, hey, a lot of great shit, but none of it came to fruition. Sorry. 
Oh, here's uh, NJ.com. Jersey skeptical about an American dream. Well, here are six reasons you should actually root for it to succeed. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Two decades absorbs. and stops. Over like 20 years, like almost 20 years things been going on. Unbelievable. That's crazy. So you have no, you won't be going there this summer to try to relieve your summertime blues, but there are a lot of other options. So if you guys have any ideas or thoughts or things that you do to, to help you humming along during this non quote unquote, non ski season, hit us up, let us know ski bump podcast at gmail.com under the ropes. Mario, this is right up your alley. Start us off. All right, so we have 11 sexy hotels around the world for a naughty little getaway. Uh, so who says you have to wait till Valentine's Day? Uh, these are some of the hotels that um, was Oyster.com found that uh, are, are nice for a sexy little getaway anytime. They're saying, okay, number one, Z Hotel in New York City's Long Island City. They're saying there's a naughty and nice package, or they have naughty and nice packages. So... Uh, you tell the front desk, they do chocolate chip, chip strawberries, bottle of champagne, and a love box with condoms, lube, and naughty dice to get things started. So they also have a fetish kit with edible underwear, blindfolds, tickle feathers, uh, and a whole lot more. So uh, make sure you go to Z Hotel and then you're going to ask at the front desk, like, hey, man, what do you got? Uh, number two, there. Now, did you did you like look at these all, and did you find one that you was like that you're like this is the one I would choose to go to? Because I was yeah. looking, I was looking at the one number three, which is the Desire Riviera Maya Resort in Mexico. They said this one, like singles, are not allowed. Wow, why That's is pretty- Siri just talking to me? That was weird. You were um, talking about the room. Talking to her desire Siri. Just, just booked you a, a hotel room. It just there. booked me a hotel room there. Nice. Nice. So this one they said like no singles are allowed. Like you have to be a couple, I guess. So some of the all inclusives they do have like uh eating up or no singles or whatever. Yeah. Well, this one's like like hedonism, but uh this is so hedonism singles are allowed, like Hedo Rick. Right. Yeah. They don't, <laughs> wild, want, they don't want it to be a hedonism, that's why. The wild women, the wild women, the ripping and the tearing. The ripping and the tearing. We gotta think too, for one of those like non couple ones, like a hedonism, like what's the majority of dudes to chicks? It's gotta be like a like a seventy five twenty five. Yeah, I don't know. So hedonism hedonism too is on there in Jamaica. Yeah. Uh, and they're saying that's you know, everyone's naked in designated areas. So there's a little nudity going on, a little nudist and little raunchy fun, and they have playrooms and spas. So yeah. that's a little extra, extra crazy. Like if you're going with your girl, that's a little, even if you're going alone, it's a little, you're out but there. If you're going with your girl, she's definitely get some additional dicks in her. Let's be honest. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So like, you, maybe. How many dicks do you want to get on that trip? Like, cause that's what's going to happen there. So this, well, that's what I'm saying about this desire one. They say that that's a swapping thing. Well, yeah, they say it's like swingers do apply and open sex is a guarantee. Wow. Why don't you just like banging everywhere in this resort? All right. So I just wanted to go to the Z Hotel, get a little sexy romance package, 
and go to my room with my girl. That's all I wanted to do. <laughs> now he did me doing like this banging going on everywhere with everybody and, and desire. Like people are knocking on your door saying, Hey, is it time to swap? Yeah. What's well, that? That's the cool about this list. Like they have all different kind of varieties of how how freaky do you want to get. So yeah. they have another one of these Desire Rivieras, and this one is in uh, Desire Maya Pearl Harbor. And it said it's less. It says more romantic and less rambunctious. But they have a uh-huh. nude beach, all inclusive cuisine, and they say they have the erotic massage. They said it's very hands-on if you catch our drift. Uh, <laughs> nice. But maybe Robert Kraft will be there with Gronk. They oh. Get a little couples massage. Get a little Kraft. Order a little mac and cheese afterwards too. We're getting Gronked. Getting Gronk. You got Gronked. He like sneaks in when you're like face down, like sleeping. Sneaks in. He starts massaging you. There you go. Dare to dream. Dare to dream. They have the SLS South Beach, Miami. This looks like a nice hotel. Modern minimalist decor, subtle kink factor. So uh, they have soaking tubs, you know, mirrors above the bed. So there's a little bit of thing, but it's not like overly, overly crazy. It's just a nice hotel, a little freak factor. Uh, Drake Hotel in Toronto. Uh, So they have a pillow fight package. Which is over, over <laughs> uh, free bottle of starving artist wine, uh, $100 dining credits. So they have little packages for if you want to get a little naughty, but it seems a little more tame, which is good too, uh, for me. Uh, but they do have the Drake's pleasure menu, which includes vegan condoms, buzzing bunny shaped toys, <laughs> and silk blindfolds and more. So, so do they reuse those toys? I really hope not, but I don't know. They yes, reuse drink. Dishwasher. Use the they reuse the beds, right? Vegan condoms. Vegan condoms. It's made I don't even know. real vegans. Is that like tofurkey in a condom shape or something? I, I, I don't even understand that. Tofu condom? Yeah, what, what's a vegan condom? I blast through a friggin' vegan condom, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. <laughs> Fucking cornstarch condom that I just ripped right through. Friggin' weak heck? bitch vegan condom. Hey man, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now this one's out there. Sea Mountain Nude Resort and Spa. Now you already got the nude in there. So public nudity, sexual activity, public sexual activity, and requires no passport. So uh, it's near Palm Springs, California. May just be your spot. Uh, guests can soak in the 24-hour heated mineral pools, indulge in semi-inclusive, uh, semi-all-inclusive drinks and snacks, enjoy a massage at the spa, or dance at the 24-hour club. Going for a club, that's weird. Uh, Penthouse Hotel in Thailand. Well, it's in Thailand. There's a lot of shit that goes on in Thailand. Um, so elaborately decorated, uh, built to be an erotic oasis. Features in-room amenities like sex strings, stripper poles, mirrors above the bed, jetted tubs, TVs with adult channels, uh, and they have play toys and a whole bunch of other stuff. Plumbing I bars. Just, like, I mean, you know, it's always got to suck being a maid at a hotel, but Ugh. these hotels, like this has to just be even worse. That's well, then again, maybe not because you know what, at a regular hotel, you're just expecting normal people. When you're working at these places, you sort of have to expect the worst. This is true, but you never know. They might be courteous and clean up after themselves. Who knows? It's true. All um, the edible underwear is just put away. 
and thrown <laughs> away. It's, it's all been down the garbage disposal. Well, if they like the domination, you walk in as the mistress and you make them clean up for you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> get, get the gimp. <laughs> Dominatrix uh, maid that basically sits there and makes you clean up. Also cracks the whip. <laughs> All right. Senses Riviera Myron, Maya by Artisan in Mexico. Uh, boutique hotel, perfect for folks who want all inclusive with a little naughty atmosphere that doesn't go beyond the bedroom. So build as being nude friendly or for a naughty weekend, but it's just without all the show. You have um, the focuses on food, serene location and relaxation. Um, so kind of nice. Uh, they have poor channels on the, on the top, on the uh, TV, uh, soaking tub, uh, walk-in showers with all glass. So kind of nice. Uh, and we have 11 here. All right. Number 10, productive provocateur suite at the hard rock hotel casino in Las Vegas. This is like the 50 shades of gray suite. Oh, so wow. It's a huge suite. Um, Explore your sexiest fantasies. Uh, triple queen size bed <laughs> or some stuff going on in the bedroom. Uh, human size bird cage, wooden X. With what does all that the even shag- mean? Triple. So like, so like three X. So you have a queen size bed and you take two more and put them together. Triple queen. Three, like three, three queen size beds. That's how big it is. I wonder like how much one of those would cost to even get made. I don't know. I think it's just three bet, three queen sides put together. What do you think? I don't know. I, I mean, maybe there's some company that makes these oversized beds. Like, because Shaq needs a bed. He's not going to fit in a regular one. This is true. Shaq needs his own bed. There's got to be some sort of like custom bed company. <laughs> custom mattress. Custom mattress company. Yeah, it probably is. All right. And then number 11, the Temptation Cancun Resort. So this looks funky. It's adults only. Topless optional, uh, all-inclusive, uh, caters to guests 21 and over, um, both singles and couples, uh, with activity-packed swimming pools, risque entertainment that includes lingerie shows, foam parties, uh, six bars. That's you, foam party. Foam party. That's your jam. <laughs> um, they have and... Folly Deuce? No, 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 no foam party at Folly Deuce. Wow. Um, but yeah, so... They, uh, this, this looks like a mix. So if you're looking for a, um, sexy resort to go to, uh, I guess this has all the, the list of all the different options, which is kind of, kind of nice, whatever you're into. Wouldn't it be awesome to be going, like say it's like a friend of yours had like a destination wedding and you uh, had no idea. And it was like one of these kind of hotels. Dude, that would be awesome. Like bring them into like. Freaking hedonism too. Like goo. Dude, what's going on? What the hell kind of place did you guys pick? Dude, man, you better watch your mom. I think she's getting hit on. Head of wreck is over there. <laughs> that would wild, be so fantastic. Wild women. Wild yeah, can you imagine? Right? Destination wedding. Destination wedding at hedonism too. We didn't know. No. Well, you don't have to worry about them bringing kids. Kids aren't allowed. Not allowed. Well, you know, speaking of those vegan condoms, we're only one step away from uh, having maggot sausage as a meat alternative, Uh, according to some scientists. Some scientists are just dipshits too, though. I don't know. 
Yeah, I think so. Well, Ooh. they certainly are at the University of Queensland in Brisbane, Australia. They are incorporating insects such as maggots and locusts into a range of specialty foods, including zazij, as well as formulating sustainable insect-based feeds for the livestock themselves. Hmm. Damn. The head of the research here has stated that... Uh, conventional livestock production will soon be unable to meet global demand for meat, so other fillers and alternatives will be needed to supplement the food supply with sufficient protein sources. An overpopulated world is going to struggle to find enough protein unless people are willing to open their minds and stomachs. Hmm. Would you eat a commercial sausage made from maggots? What about other insect larvae? and even whole insects like locusts. The biggest potential for sustainable protein product lies with insects and new plant sources. I gotta say, not my generation, bro. Yeah. Maybe if you're raised thinking that's an option, when you eat it, then I don't know. You know what the big thing is? I think Maggot needs a new, needs like a PR campaign to like rebrand. <laughs> the other white meat. They, they gotta call it something else, you know? Maggot, maggot the other white meat. Well, think about like, so when you talk to like, you know, our, our parents and grandparents age, like they were eating like every part of the animal because that's what it was. They were eating, you know, the ham hocks and well, the, all the, the organs and stuff, which is why they all live to be 80, 90, a hundred something years old. Exactly. Cause that was a cheaper source of protein. That's what people were eating. Our generation is no, I, I think most people just want all they know of a chicken is the is the breast is the chicken tenders in the breast that's it yeah they eat you know legs they don't you know unless it's chicken wings like they're not eating you know thighs or legs or anything like that the um, mcnugget is not a part of an animal yeah there's no mcnugget section of a chicken <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like you know i i think it's just it's how you're how you're raised and what you what you're used to eating you know i mean yeah. that's like there's some Jewish delis down here that have tongue on the menu. And I'm like, Oh, it's all right. And people are just like all grossed out. And I'm like, you know, I never thought about it. It is kind of gross, but like, that's just one of the cold cuts. It's actual tongue. You well, know? Because we're very spoiled and very yeah. soft is really what it comes down to. We have, we have such a disassociation from our food supply. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like if you I go mean, to the, the meat section, like with that, that section of the grocery store, that's all just murder. Yeah. Think about it. Everything has been slaughtered there and nicely packaged and wrapped and given some cute name. And you're like, I'm going to go pick up these, these lamb shanks. <laughs> that's right. Like that's a little baby sheep. that has got slaughtered just for you. That's so freaking tasty. I'm not a big lamb guy. I Nothing like the to... way, la I like the way lamb smells cooking. I just don't like the taste of it. Yeah, Something they, about it. Just there's that gaminess to it that I don't, I don't yeah. dig. I don't like goat cheese. I don't like lamb. And I don't believe in smothering any meat with a sauce. Because then you're just hiding the, the flavor of the meat. That's crap sauce. It's, you covered, it's covering up something that's not that good, really. That's why you have the sauce. Yeah. Like, they're like a nice steak restaurant. They're like, oh, you want a sauce with your steak? I'm like, no. well, do I need one? Is the steak going to suck? If it's going to exactly. suck, then I'll have a sauce. Right. All right. Yeah, I mean, some people like lamb. That's fine. Um, but do they like maggot? See, again, you got to uh, change that name. You know, exactly. you got to call it something else. Like, well, here's the thing would you eat. Um, tripe, which is cow stomach or maggots. I had it once at like dim sum. And I, I had enjoy it. it. 
it sucked. I hated it. But I got like my mom would make a soup out of it. The soup actually didn't taste bad. But then I'd have to eat the the freaking cow stomach. It sucked. So I'd rather eat cow stomach than maggots. Just personally, I don't know. Yeah, I uh, I just don't know what maggots taste like. Again, it's just the word. You know, you got to rebrand them. You got to call them like. That's right. Then again, do you really know what's in a sausage? That's true too, right? You think you do. You know what's in a hot dog? What the what hell's is... in a McNugget? Yeah, exactly. What's in McNugget? Pink do that. goo. The, the pink goo, right? The sludge oh, or whatever. Pink it is. goo is so disgusting. Ah, oh, just the way they make them. Now they they have, you know, all white meat, and I'm like, I still don't. I can't trust it. Like, I don't what know. What was I eating back in the day then? Yeah, it was pressed like all parts of the chicken that nobody wanted to eat. And they put it with that pink goo and they squished it together and formed it into a nugget shape. Goddamn pink goo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's like, what is it? McDonald's says there's like three or four shapes of nuggets. They actually make them into. There's the Florida shaped one. <laughs> no, they're supposed to be distinct shapes. So really? Yes, the nuggets come in four distinct shapes: the bell, the ball, the boot, and the bow tie. Ugh, isn't that fucked up? Yep. So, so when you look at it, you be like, "Oh, I got a boot. I got a bone." Well, have bell. you noticed too? Like everything else has gone up in price except McNuggets. Yeah, like McNuggets like are like the same price now than they were in like the early nineties. Mm. Isn't that concerning to anyone else? They're doing like dollar menu now for everything. No, they used McNuggets used to be expensive. Yeah, that's when they used to use chicken. Yeah, real chicken instead of the pink mystery goo. Mystery goo. (laughs) Yeah, so I don't know about maggots. I don't know about... I think I'd I'd do some insects before others. Let's put it that way. I think the locust I would would try. I think locust I'm eating that shit. Why not? It's pretty fun and crunchy. I'll eat those mothers. I'll eat them out. Yeah. Maggots, I don't think I'm touching those. Maggots a tough one. That's a tough sell. How about like flies? Would you eat flies? Probably have. I definitely yeah, have. Probably have. No. I don't think I'd willingly eat flies though. The Seems thing nasty. is, yeah, and it also too it's how it's packaged. Because like just think about like, you know, when you you know when you have like those uh like I, I know it was back in the day there used to be like Japanese beetles here that were really bad. And we have those bags that would catch them and you just hold just big bag full of dead beetles. Japanese beetles. Like think yes. about like the flies, like just a friggin' like imagine like a corn dog, just, just all just covered in flies. <laughs> just eating that. Just, dipped, just rolled in flies. Just rolled in That's flies. Awesome. Don't even fucking try to hide it. Just, here you go. Some flies <laughs> on your freaking corn dog. There you go. Have a good day, sir. <laughs> but I guess, yeah, because if you just, if you saw them all in their whole form, I think to be a lot less appetizing. You know, How would you, you know if they're you, dead or alive? They could be a fly that landed on your Wanted, <laughs> dead or alive. That's right. Well, yeah, that's the thing too. But you could keep adding to it. But that's I right. mean, if you, but if you grind them up and make them into like a paste, like what the hell is hummus? They say it's chickpeas. It could be, it could be anything. Hummus could be like human body parts just blended up with, with tahini. We don't know. Do you know for a fact that it's chickpeas? Tahini I don't. And, tahini and loads, man. Who knows? You, it, right? Damn. And we could be just getting celery sticks and scooping that shit up like it's the like, best mm, thing in the world. Mm, this is so good. Like, I think the hummus people 
are going to be the biggest beneficiary of this kind of stuff. Because when you just blend it all up with other stuff, put a little lemon in there, people are like, oh, this is delicious. I love lemon. It's right. You the know? texture fits and the, and the presentation fits. So if it's pasty like that, that's actually, actually Sawdust, good. lemon and human friggin' flesh. That's well, your think, new, hum- that's new hummus. Well, I think that's what I say. they're saying. Uh, a hum- sausage, because sausage, you season the shit out of it. You put yeah. it in the casing and then you don't know what it is. It's just a sausage. I mean, yeah. blood sausages blood and fat and they just yeah wrap it up you boil it so it becomes solid and there you go and it's delicious there's the uh morcillo the spanish one which is they put the rice in there too so it's blood and rice yeah yeah pretty crazy yep oh then what's salami do you really know what's in salami you know it's meat you know it's fat that's it that's it you hope for the best it's delicious (laughs) just kiss it up to god and eat it (laughs) yeah hope hope for the best (laughs) What's in Gabba Ghoul? I have no idea. What's Gabba and Ghouls? <laughs> ghouls. The hot dog with some, you know, and that was the old joke is lips and asses in the hot dog. And you know <laughs> what the pride is? They've cut out the lips and asses, but they're going to put them right back in. Everything's left over on the pig, right? Yeah. Well, and it's going to be a uh, an economic thing, right? They're going to be the cheaper things out there and people are going to eat them just to survive. People who are baller like us are still going to be eating real ribeyes from a real cow. But then you're going to get restaurants that are like, well, here's the new fancy. They're going to do a nice presentation of this maggot sausage. You go, mm, I eat the maggot sausage at, at this fancy restaurant in you know Beverly Hills. And that's what's going to happen. Then it's everybody's called, going to want to eat maggot it's, sausage. It's called Mago. Mago. I'll have the Mago sausage. <laughs> and then oh, you mean the take... maggot sausage? No, no. Mago. The Mago. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then people the are going to take fucking selfies with their plate and they're going to put their plate on there. Here's what I ate on Facebook. And yeah. And it pairs well with this rosé. It's delicious. It's a, it's yeah. a wonderful brunch meal. Pairs well with this bull piss uh, drink. Rocky right? Mountain Oysters. Rocky, Rocky Mountain Oh, That's going to be a delicacy. It will be. What kind of oysters do you want? Rocky Mountain, of course. <laughs> How are your Rocky Mountain Oysters here? The best, sir. And all this is going to be watched from SpaceX plans to fly internet beaming satellites in a lower orbit is approved by the FCC. So I think Google had an idea about doing this too, but uh, SpaceX, uh, I mean, uh, FCC approved SpaceX request to fly a large swath of uh, future internet beaming satellites in a lower orbit than originally planned. So I guess they approved it at a higher altitude and now it's at a lower one. Um, so yeah, they revised their plans and they have this idea. Well, Google had a name for it and it was like some kind of network that they were going to try to put up over areas that don't have internet service, like in, you know, I guess parts of Africa and like, you know, try to solve like world problems with this network. And the idea is to put in low orbit, um, just satellites that can that can do internet. internet well, I think that was when Google used to have the "Don't be evil" as part of their philosophy, and they're like, "Oh, we won't make enough money off this." Scratch yeah. it. They're like, "We're doing this for free." Fuck that. Yeah. Uh, but I think they were they were doing it. So Google's plan, I think, was not to go into orbit. They were going to do sub-orbit, like uh, balloons, kind of like a weather balloon, and something held up by that, and just have those float. Oh, that's right. Now. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I forget the name of that, but so they're going to do, uh, they're going to start doing those and they're going to say it's going to cut down transmission time 
um, you know, latency and transmission time and latencies to just 15 milliseconds. So wow. that's pretty crazy. So saying it also means SpaceX can get the same coverage with 16 fewer satellites uh, by changing the orbit. And um, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see what they do. Because think about the internet right now. It's kind of at a standstill, right? Like you get a certain amount of service and they get a pay astronomical amount. And then there's things that are can't handle the extra speed. So I want GameCube yeah, service. I wonder too, if this is going to have any sort of ramifications for the Teslas too. Cause you know, I know, you know, Elon is working on having the full automated vehicles, you know, the fully autonomous vehicles. Oh. And I wonder if, you know, whatever SpaceX is going to, you know, provide up there, if that's going to yeah. have some sort of benefit to Tesla, I would, I mean, you'd think it would have to. That'd be kind of cool. Right. Like a yeah, Starlink, SpaceX. a Starlink of satellites kind of controlling or guiding the, the vehicles. Right. Cause right now everybody uses the military GPS satellites for everything, right. For coordinates and all. I have no idea. All I know is it works. Yeah. I think the military's put them up and there's one set for regular, not as, um, accurate within a certain number of meters. And then there's the military one. That's like more pinpoint. Damn. But yeah. It'd be interesting to see what happens. We'll find out soon enough, right? One more story left today. So I don't know if you guys watch Jeopardy at all. I, uh, I wish I watched it more. I do love that show. It is very yeah. enjoyable. And there's this guy on there right now, James Holzauer, who's been like crushing it lately. He's made like, I think almost $2 million so far and has awesome. been just in like a crazy winning streak. I don't know how many days he's up to now. I thought it was over 20 days, right? Has it been? This is an older story I'm looking at right now. Um, he's made, I think, close to $2 million already. And that's been, you know, bringing the hype up and getting people to check out Jeopardy again. Plus Alex Trebek, you know, diagnosed with, with um, pancreatic cancer. Also got people interested in, in back checking out. Dude, my mom watches Jeopardy every day and has done for like, 50 years. Well, can you imagine like who's going to replace him? I don't know. Like, I mean, is it gonna, how could it be the same? I mean, I'm, we always, you always say that when you hear like, Oh my God, it's never going to be the same. And it's not like he really, I mean, he does a lot, but he really doesn't at the same time. Just you know? read the questions. He reads the questions and, you know, has, you know, he definitely has a, an air of intelligence and, He's a, he's he's perfect for the job. Obviously, he's done it for what 30, 40 years now. If I was James Holzhauer, I'd be like, I should be the next Alex Trebek. Oh, look Boom. at that! Boom! But, like making up questions for people, just fucking them up. Yeah. So whenever there's like a someone goes on a crazy run like this, they always uh, they always bring up Ken Jennings, who has the record for seventy four game streak back in two thousand and four. And this actually is a disclaimer here. They only changed the rule in 2003 that eliminated the five episode limit on champions. Hmm. So before then, you could only go five days, then you were they're kicking you out. Right, right. So there could have potentially been more people to take a run at. Yeah. So they're you know they've they've because of Holtzauer's crazy run that he's had lately, 
they're been bringing up Ken Jennings and you know one thing that got unveiled like a week or so ago in kind of a funny way is that Jennings and Holtzauer have confirmed that contestants are no longer allowed to wage $69 as their final Jeopardy bet. <laughs> oh, someone, awesome. someone commented, like, personally, I like how you wagered $69 on every final Jeopardy. And Jennings responded on Twitter, this is officially forbidden on Jeopardy now as of last year. Not even joking. That's awesome. So I didn't, I didn't realize every final Jeopardy he would bet 69 bucks. And this article is from AV Club, which is The Onion, and it's great. It says, perhaps the decision to ban the funny sex number is merely in keeping with the show's overall ethos, which focuses on singular dominance over the joys of pleasures shared. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's actually a good Jeopardy question, is what is banned on, on as a final Jeopardy wager? Yeah, right. So apparently $69 is only one of five apparently banned wager amounts. And while it initially seemed possible, he was only joking. We won't say our minds didn't race to certain possibilities. Might the humble 420 bet now be off the table? (laughs) What about (laughs) $80,085? Which is is boobs. Boobs. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. So besides that, it's also uh, the numbers 1488 and 1488. Oh, all associated with neo-Nazi propaganda. How are those assigned? How are those associated with neo-Nazi propaganda? Well, I know 88 is like HH. If you look, H is the eighth letter. So it's like Heil Hitler. It's also the number of every great wide receiver. (laughs) Every great um, uh, tight end out there. You didn't know that Al Toon was a Nazi? Good. Altoon was a Nazi. Altoon was a freaking neo-Nazi. That asshole. Burn that Toon jersey. Damn it. Yeah, there's a lot of famous 88 receivers out there. It's like, damn, they're all Nazis. They're all neo-Nazis, apparently. Oh, there's another uh there's another conspiracy coming. It's brewing. Oh boy. Oh boy. I don't know what 14 <laughs> means, but from the 14's banned, which is okay. And 666 is banned. The devil's number. So apparently, if I was trying to celebrate, what if you had six? Imagine like, what if you there was like three contestants and they all had like six hundred and something dollars, and like this person needed to bet six hundred and sixty six dollars to beat that person. Would they force him to go like up a dollar then? Huh. All right. So I didn't know this. So fourteen and eighty eight. Why? Why white supremacists like the numbers? So they're saying. Not that high, and they're pretty stupid. So they are. So eight represents the phrase Heil Hitler because each is the eighth letter of the alphabet, while supremacists also found the number 18 to represent AH, Adolf Hitler. Why is 14? 14 refers to a 14 word mission statement that Hitler. No, that David Lane, member of the Ku Klux Klan, wrote. This is so freaking bizarre. Oh, it's like such a stretch. And it is stupid. Like, it's just generally really dumb. So you really think some sort of like neo-Nazi is actually going to win on Jeopardy? (laughs) And get to the point is like, oh, final Jeopardy. I'm going to bet $14. That's crazy. Yeah. So let's see. Let's see. uh, Yankee numbers. Who who wore the number 14? (laughs) 
There you go. Uh, your buddy, uh, your quarterback, Darnold. Darnold, neo-Nazi. Curtis Granderson, neo-Nazi. Curtis Granderson, neo-Nazi, obviously. Granderson, Lou Pinella. How can you do it? <laughs> well, Lou Pinella, I could see. He was perhaps more of the Mussolini. Ron Sorbonne. <laughs> <laughs> it's so randomly But stupid. 420 is okay. Bump Hadley. <laughs> oh, man. We're stretching. Granny man. Can't be the granny man. We're stretching. It's, it's a big stretch. Yeah. <laughs> now, let's see number 88. That's pretty funny. And now Ken Jennings was actually a practicing Mormon and he kept making 69 <laughs> jokes on national television. That's that awesome. Great. <laughs> oh, apparently he never did. I don't know. Oh, he never did? Fake news? We've been duped by plenty of stuff. We're so stupid. But the 69 thing, I don't think Jennings ever made those. But uh, he did make jokes about them. That's pretty funny. Damn, that's weird that they would pick those. Did they have Nazis on the show? Is that why? <laughs> like, did they? Is that was that preemptive or was that in response to somebody betting that? Well, it's like one of the comments here says, "I'm pretty sure the majority of people have no clue that those numbers represent anything." Wow. Somebody bets 420. Everybody knows what that's about. Yeah, man. What? What? <laughs> and someone said, as a Chinese man, I'd be pissed that I couldn't bet $88. Because again, and I think isn't like an Asian culture, like the eight, the luckiest number. Oh, is it? Yeah. I think that's why a lot of like football players were hurt. Good number. From yeah, team. right. 88 number symbolizes fortune and good luck in Chinese culture. Look at that. And eight is considered, like you said, the luckiest number in Chinese culture. Look at that. Damn. It's a bunch of, it's racist against Asians. Yeah, this is stacked against Asians. Yeah. Then again, you know, why would you want to bet that little amount in Final Jeopardy? What about $8,888? Well, there you go. That's not banned. No, only, well, it's double banned. Double banned? Double band. Double, do the double, do the quadruple eights. That's it. What about $888,888? Sir, you don't have that much money to bet. The hell I don't. How about $88.69? That's it. (laughs) $88.69. That's legit. (laughs) It's legit. That's a good number. (laughs) That's a good number. Well, I guess that wraps up the podcast for the week. Thank you, everyone. Angel number two. What's up with that? Yeah. It's a real stretch. It's a real stretch. Once you start going through logic from white supremacists, you got, you're in the, you're in the idiot zone right there. You're letting them win. Really? You're (laughs) you're acknowledging them as being relevant. If you just ignore them, they just go back to their freaking hovels and go away. They just go away. They just stare for a while and then they walk away. Yeah. Just don't move too quickly and they'll just walk they away. They just go and pick up their Confederate flag from that tornado and just rip through their shitty little town and go away. That's it. Just go away. Yep. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. We really do appreciate it. Check us out. Skibonepodcast.com. Get your Mother's Day swag for your mom or the lady you're trying to make a mom. 
skibumpodcast.com slash shop. We're on the socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at skibumpodcast. Send us an email. I think I already said that, but I'm saying it again. Skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Pinterest, Spotify, YouTube. Now, iHeartRadio. We're everywhere. Whoa. Check us out. Subscribe. Rate us. We'd really appreciate it. Don't donate some cryptocurrency. You can do that too at skibumpodcast.com. Thank you, and we will see you guys next week. Yeah, I stay blue. See you.